which means that people should not be put to death based on the testimony of fathers who do not have common lineage with their children. It's referring to Evid Kanani, whose children are not, con- are not to consider their children. If you, it enters in your mind to interpret the Pusik. This is the straightforward meaning, as we say, so fathers shall not be put to death for children, meaning by the testimony of their children. So let the terror write, fathers shall not be put to death for their children. What's it talking about? Um, so they want to say it's talking about Evid Kanani. There's a Pasik, but they want to say it's talking about Evid Kanani that doesn't have a shaykh to their children. So the Mershah says, If it's like you say, So let, let the terror write, Father should not be put to death for their children. Why does it say, we learn from here that people shall not be put to death based on the testimony of fathers who do not have yichas with their children. So it says, but if this is so, so look at the end of the passage. Nor shall children be put to death for fathers. So does this also mean that people shall not be put to death based on the testimony of children? Who do not have common yuchas with their children, But if that's the case, it would also be in the case of a, a ger would be disqualified from bearing witness as one who is a ger no longer shares common yuchas with his parents. So the says, Amri, they said, How could you compare the two? Ger with regards to a ger in the although he has no common yuchas with those above him, his parents, his parents, he does have yuchas with his children. This comes to exclude a slave in the chayis with the mile the mata, who has no yichos either with those above him or those are below him. Now the gemara, the chachamim prove that a ger is fit to uh, to be aid. Why? So ger If you're going to say that a ger is disqualified from edos, let the terror write: right. Father should not be put to death to for for their children. According to that interpretation, the father should not be put to death based on the testimony of their children. And let the terror write, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. Which we could learn two things. First of all, children should not be put to death by the testimony of their fathers. And on the other, other, on other, um, that people should not be put to death based on the testimony of children who do not have yichos with their fathers. It was tregedim. Now the Gemara continues ve'eved and halach with regards to eved being disqualified from edus nafkalo b'kavachem emigers derived from a kavachem or from a ger uma ger de lamaylo hu de in the yachas. With regards to that ger, he has no shaykhs to his parents. But he has a shaykhs to his children. And nevertheless, posel edus a ger is posel edus. So evish, and the yichayis, loy lemaila, loy lemata, evid, who has no shaykhs, sai to his parents, and sai to his children, any din, she posel edus. Right. Uh, so for sure, he should be disqualified from bearing witness. But the fact that the terror writes, 
father should not be put to death for children. The mashma laimsu avis laimsu apia avis shen leichayis abanim, which is mashma that people should not be put to death based on the testimony of fathers who do not have lineage with their children. Shmami na you can learn from here eved. With regards to eved shen leichayis leilamayla leilamata who the pasle edus. Aval ger kivne shleichayis leilamata kosher leedus. They are kosher leedus. Mechitem and if you're going to say lichter rachmanu banim laimsu ala vesehem. Let the it should say, nor shall children be put to death with their fathers. Uh, so why do I need the terror to write, nor shall children be put to death for fathers? Um, which is mashman implies that people should not be put to death based on the testimony of children who do not have yichus with their fathers. So my answer is, Since the Tater writes, Father shall not be put to death for children, Tater also writes, Nor shall children be put to death for fathers. Okay, the Mishnah said, With regards to that death meet, the of a cotton ki osun ra. It says, When you encounter them, it's a disadvantage. Why? If, some, if somebody injures them, he is chayib. But if they are the ones who injured, they are potter. Ima de Rav Shmuel bar Abba, Margunya, have a nesivale le Rabbi Abba. The mother of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba from the city of Hargonia was married to Rabbi Abba. So she wrote, she signed over her property to Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba, her son. After, he, after she died, what happened was, is also Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba came to Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba went before Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba to claim his mother's property. Also, Rabbi established him as the owner of the property in accordance with what was written in the document. So what happened was, is Rabbi, the mother's husband, went and said a report to the matter before Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda went and said a report to the matter before Rabbi Yehuda. This is what Shmuel said. In the case of a woman who sold her niximileg, which belonged to her, but whose profits her husband gains in her husband's lifetime, and then she died. So the halacha is, the husband could now repossess the property from the purchasers. The granting of her property by means of the document is an analogy to a sale. So now Rabbi Abba can repossess the property from Rabbi Shmuel Bar Abba. Amr commanded Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, so they said this halacha before Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, who had ruled that the property belongs to Shmuel Bar Abba. Amr he said to them, I know the Mishnah that supports my opinion. It's time we learned in the Mishnah, a case in the Chos of Libnei, Lacham Risi, a case of somebody who writes a document transferring ownership of his property, of his property to his son. He's stating that the transfer should take effect immediately, but the son will have use of it when. So, but for example, so he, he, he writes, he or she writes a document transferring ownership to his son, but stating that the transfer should take effect immediately, but the son will have use of it only after the father's death. So the halacha is, I've been in Yochalimker. The son cannot sell the property because it's in the father's possession. 
And the father, even though he retained the rights to the property, because it's written, belonged to his son. If the father sold the property, so if the father sold the property, then it's sold to the extent that the purchaser may use it until the father dies. If the son sold the property during the father's lifetime, the purchaser does not have the right to use the property until the father dies. Now, Rabbi Yirmiya said from here, In any event, if the son sold the property during the father's lifetime, when the father dies, the purchaser has the right to the property. And this would be even though in a case where the son died in the father's lifetime, where the property never came into the son's possession. So the Mara said, Could it be Shimon ben Lakish? At Rabbi Yirmiya's analysis is according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Lakish. The Omer, he said, There's no difference if the son died in the father's lifetime. But the property never came into the son's possession. And there's no difference if the father died in the son's lifetime. But the property came into the son's possession. So the purchaser acquired the property. Now the Gemara records between the Amirim with regard to this point. The Itmar, we learned, it was stated, where the son sold the property in the father's lifetime, and the son died in the father's lifetime, Rabbi Yechelen says the purchaser did not acquire the property, and the purchaser acquired the property. Rabbi Yechelen says the purchaser did not acquire the property, why? Because he could have said to you, because he could have said to you, when the Mishnah says that if the son sold the property during the father's lifetime, the purchaser does not acquire any rights to use the property, um, until the father dies. And one could learn that when the father dies, the purchaser has the right to the property. Where the son did not die during the father's lifetime, so the property came to the son's possession when the father's death, before the purchaser acquired it. But if the son died in the father's lifetime, so the property did not come into the son's possession, even when the father dies, the purchaser does not have the rights to the property. Alma. So what do we see? Alma Kosovar. We see Rabbi Yechelen holds that Kinyan Aperis, that the ownership of the rights to use the item and its produce is Kinyan HaGuvdam. It's considered to be like the ownership of the item itself. So even though the property itself did not belong to the father, it's as though the father owned the property because all the produce belonged to him. It belongs to him. So therefore, when the son sold the property, he did, not, he, he did not sell something that belongs to him. says that the purchaser acquired the property based on the claim. Because when the Mishnah says, when the Mishnah teaches that if the son sold the property during the father's lifetime, the purchaser does not have the right to any use of the property until the father dies, and you can learn from here, and in any event, you can learn that when the father dies, the purchaser has the rights to the property. And the Mishnah means to say, there's no difference if the son did not die in the father's lifetime. Where the property came into possession of the son, son's possession. And there's no difference if the son died in the father's lifetime. 
where the property did not come into the son's possession, the purchaser acquired the property. Alma, so what do you see from here? Kasavar, he holds that the ownership of the rights to use the item and its produce is not considered to be like the ownership of the item itself. And therefore, when the son sold the property, he sold the property that belonged to him. So now the Gemara returns to the discussion of the opinion of Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba. Banan Hashta, now us, Bain Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, Bain Rabbi Huda, whether if we learn the opinion of Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, or whether one discusses the opinion of Rabbi Huda, um, they hold with the opinion of Shimon Lakish that ownership of the rights to use an item and this produce is not considered to be like ownership of the item itself. Um, now, if you th- you enters your mind the ownership of the right to use an item and its produce is be considered like the ownership of the item itself, so then, so then, when the father dies and the son had died in the father's lifetime, why does the purchaser have rights to the property? When the son sold it, he, he, didn't he sell property that did not belong to him? Rather, we conclude from this Mishnah that ownership of the rights to use an item and its produce is not considered to be like the ownership of the item. Therefore, Shem Ba'aba should receive the property transferred to him by his mother, as the fact that the husband owned the rights to his produce does not limit her ability to transfer the property to her son. The Chachamim brought back Rabbi Ba'aba's reply before Rabbi Yehuda. So he says, this is what Shmuel said, the halacha that a husband can repossess the property that the wife sold before she died, is not similar to the halachas of our Mishnah concerning a father who transfers his property and his son while retaining the rights to the Nixim Lake. My time, what's the reason for distinguishing the two cases? Rav says, Granted that the Mishnah had taught the opposite and stated, In the case of one who writes a document transferring ownership of his property to his father, after his death, with the son retaining the rights of the Nixim until then, and the father sold the property during his son's lifetime, so the purchaser has the rights to the property after the son dies. So then, um, So then you can learn out that the ownership of the rights uh, of an item and its produce is not considered to be like the ownership of an item itself. But now the, the Mishnah teaches specifically, one who writes a document Transferring ownership of his property to his son. Now, the ability of the son to sell the property is due to the fact that the son is fit to inherit from him and already has rights to the property, and not just due to the existence of the document. In the case of Rabbi Shmobar Abba as well, the woman's property is inherited by her husband and not her son, and therefore she cannot transfer to her son Abba Shmobar Abba. So when Abba says to Yoris Abba. Is this to say that the son inherits from a father? But a father does not inherit from a son? There's no difference between their rights to inherit from one another. Rather, in other words, even the Mishnah taught that Allah concerning a son transferring his property to his father, the son's reason for doing so could have been that he comes to hide his property from his own son and he wants his father to inherit it from him instead. 
Achanami, here too also, when a father transfers the property to the son, he comes to hide the property from the son's brother, as the father has other sons, but does not want them to inherit from him. Therefore, the mission chose of a case, uh, the mission of the, the mission's case cannot serve as a basis for this mashmas. Uh, so what was Shmuel's reason for saying that the right of a husband to the property that his wife sold before she died is not similar to our Mishnah that states that a father does not have the right to the property sold by his son. So he says, This is due to the takana of Usha, a takana with regards to a husband's rights to his wife's properties. They instituted the town, the town of Usha. A woman who sold her her in her husband's lifetime, and then Umesa, and then died. The husband repossesses from the purchaser. This takana was instituted only for the benefit of the husband, but not for the benefit of the father or the son. Witnesses says we testify about so and so that he divorced his wife and gave her the full value of the obligation recorded in her ksuba contract. And Vahari, um, he. Okay, we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop. We'll start. We'll start uh, tomorrow. Let's, okay, let's do Chumash.